This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Just a little while ago, a stunning reminder that Joe Biden is unable, unqualified, unworthy of the presidency. Some Democrats are telling themselves that he did a fine job last night. He didn't. But even the most blindly loyal Joe Biden follower, if there are any out there, cannot explain away what happened just a little while ago on PBS, the news hour. Joe, clearly exhausted, was asked about what everybody's been talking about for about a week now. The China balloon. The China balloon. This thing cruised across America. And Joe Biden actually said it's not a problem. He made these comments to Judy Woodruff uh, this afternoon. Have relations now between the U.S. and China taken a big hit? No. Frankly? No. How do you know? I know. I talked to him. You've talked to Xi Jinping, talked to Xi Jinping before, I, and our, our team talks to their people. During this and yeah, since? Yeah, after this. I haven't talked to them during this. Oh. But look, I mean, <laughs> the idea of shooting down a balloon that's gathering information over America um, and, uh, is, and that, break, that t- makes relations worse. Look, I made it real clear to Xi Jinping that uh, we're going to compete fully with China, but we're not going to look, we're not looking for conflict. And, uh, and that's been the case so far. He chuckled, chuckled about the balloon gathering information and the notion that could make the arrangement or relationship with China worse. <laughs> this is not funny. This is dangerous. And this, it's over. It's over. He can't be president. He certainly can't be renominated. Chuckling. He didn't talk to President Xi after all that bragging of how close he is to him. And we're just going to be competitors. And what was that at the end? We just don't want any problems. Hey, we don't want any problems. Isn't that what they say in like movies, right? Hey, I'm not looking for any problems here. You say that to the aggressor when you're on the defensive. We have a major problem in this guy. He embarrassed himself and did himself some harm on a few other fronts as well. You said just possessing classified documents is, you said, totally irresponsible. So what was totally irresponsible about the fact that you had some? What they've informed me not to speak to this issue to any way, try to prejudice the investigation that's going on. Isn't that something? His lawyer told him not to talk. Isn't he supposed to be the most important, powerful person in the country, in the world even? He's not under strict instructions from his lawyer to not say anything. And, well, he does say something. He's got to say something. And what he says seems to be, to me, a lie. 
I made voluntarily. No one's had to threaten to do anything. Voluntarily open every single aperture I have with the house, offices, everything for them to come and look and spend hours searching my home. Invited them. Nobody. And so, and the best of my knowledge, the kinds of things they picked up were things that from 1974 and stray papers. There may be something else I don't know. Well, to the best of my knowledge, because I heard from your lawyer that there's secret material from when you were vice president. Not 1974, consistent with the process in Wilmington, the DOJ took for further review some materials and handwritten notes that appear to relate to his time as vice president. Uh, <laughs> that's not 1974. No, he wasn't, he wasn't vice president in 1974. He's finished. I'm sorry. They're going to still defend him and they're going to try to pretend this is normal. But we know and they know they know. All right, we're on to some overdue oversight. Isn't this great? We have, after two phony impeachments, uh, the January 6th Joint Committee farce and a thousand other get Trump congressional schemes. It's nice to have some genuine oversight again. The Oversight Committee investigating, actually performing oversight. I've been waiting for this, especially big tech's censorship of stories damaging to Democrats. We need to get to the bottom of this. Valid medical information we were denied by big tech on COVID. We have concerns about the FBI screwing around with our elections. The FBI, this is important stuff. It happened. This is real. And with the Republicans in charge of the House, I'm loving it so far. In reality, the Twitter executives were hostile towards conservatives and biased towards anyone who opposed their points of view. For example, Mr. Roth, did you write this tweet? And I'll read the tweet so it's in the record. Yes, that person in the pink hat is clearly a bigger threat to your brand of feminism than actual Nazis in the White House. Mr. Roth, do you think all conservatives are Nazis? Certainly not, sir. What about the hundreds of people who worked in the Trump administration? Certainly not. It appears to me that you, you failed at your jobs. You were entrusted with the highest level of power at Twitter, but when you were faced with the New York Post story, instead of allowing people to judge the information for themselves, you rushed to find a reason why the American people shouldn't see it. In a matter of hours, you were deciding on the truth of a story that spans years and dozens of complex international transactions. You did this because you were terrified of Joe Biden not winning the election in, in 2020. That's what it appeared. Absolutely. It also appears like the FBI colluded. The FBI colluded with big tech. And that Hunter Biden laptop, how dare they pull that stunt? Oh, the guy, by the way, who called uh, Trump supporters and even Trump himself uh, like Nazis, right? This guy, Yoel Roth senior position at Twitter. And thanks to the Twitter files and Matt Taibbi and Elon Musk, we know just how deep the corruption and bias was against all things conservative, all things Trump. Now, the hearing today, though, was a real hearing. It wasn't one sided. And I'm all in favor of that. Um, in America, we're supposed to have an adversarial system of government and the judicial system. There's cross-examination, counter arguments. Now, as much as I agree with uh, Mr. Comer there, uh, we got to hear from the other side during these hearings. And here's Jamie Raskin. He's, uh, I'm not a fan, but he's sharp and uh, he was pretty aggressive. 
Twitter's editorial decision has been analyzed and debated ad nauseum. Some people think it was the right decision. Some people think it was the wrong decision. But the key point here is that it was Twitter's decision. Twitter is a private media company. In America, private media companies can decide what to publish or how to curate content however they want. Yeah, there's a big but, however. Twitter is getting so big. You know, I see it this way. It would be like Alexander Graham Bell invents the telephone and says only people he agrees with politically can speak on it. Would we tolerate that? Uh, and it also looks like, to many of us, that uh, the government delegated censorship to Twitter and may have used the FBI as muscle in that effort. And Jamie Raskin is uh, suffering. He's being treated for cancer. We want him to get better. Absolutely. I also think he should get a hat. That looks like a do-rag or a bandana. It's totally inappropriate and weird for him to be wearing that. All right. Anyway, this is democracy. They even let AOC. AOC even got to speak and be outraged, and uh, she loves doing that. That is democracy. We don't agree with all these people, and that's fine. Remember what they did during the January 6th committee? <laughs> uh, their idea of diversity or having Republicans, so-called Republicans, Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger on the panel. How generous of them. All right. Uh, you know who was really good? Uh, her name is Mace. She's anti-Trump, but she's pro-freedom of speech. And she had a very negative reaction to the vaccine. Listen to what she had to say to these people. May I ask of you, where did you go to medical school? I did not go to medical school. I'm sorry. I did not go to medical school. That's what I thought. Why do you think you or anyone else at Twitter had the medical expertise to censor a doctor's expert opinion? Our policies regarding COVID were designed to protect individuals. We were seeing- You guys censored Harvard-educated doctors, Stanford-educated doctors, doctors that are educated in the best places in the world, and you silenced those voices. My next question is, did the U.S. government- Oh, excuse me. I have another chart I want to show you, Ms. Gaddy. Um, I have another tweet by someone with a following of a full 18,000 followers. This person- put a chart from the CDC on Twitter. It's the CDC's own data, so it's accurate by your standards. And you all labeled this as misleading. You're not a doctor, right, Ms. Gaddy? No, I'm not. Okay, what makes you think you or anyone else at Twitter have the medical expertise to censor actual, accurate CDC data? I'm not familiar with these particular situations. Yeah, I'm sure you're not. Sure you're not. They were slick, by the way. Uh, they were very practiced in, I believe, deception. You tell the truth carefully enough, they say you never have to lie. Uh, we also have big concerns, and they were addressed. We're just getting started here. About the FBI. The FBI essentially embedded with big tech. This man, Elvis Chan, <laughs> an FBI agent, his cozy relationship with Twitter and setting the conditions for banning that laptop and a lot of other stuff. All right. Um, let's watch Jim Jordan do his thing. You know what I think happened, Mr. Roth? I think I think you guys got played. I think you guys wanted to wanted to take it deep down. We saw what, what the chairman put up where you said, you know, everyone in the White House is, in, is a fascist. I think you guys wanted it to t be taken down. I think you meet with these guys every week. We know that's been established in the Twitter files. You had weekly meetings with Mr. Chan in the run-up to the election. 
They send you all kinds of emails. They send you documents on the super secret James Bond teleporter. You get information on that. I think you guys wanted to take it down. I think you guys got played by the FBI. And that's the scary part. For members of Congress to be shadow banned, it had to go before you, Mr. Roth. So I'll ask again, did you shadow ban my account? Yes or no? Again, not to the best of my recollection. So the answer is, Mr. Roth, yes, you did. I found out last night from Twitter staff that you suppressed my account. You silenced members of Congress from communicating with their constituents. You, you silenced me from communicating with the American people over a freaking joke. Now, who the hell do you think that you are? Beautiful, beautiful and sweet. We were waiting for this, right? And the man who did that to her, we believe, Yoel Roth, who gave this guy that kind of authority? My gosh. And they hide behind, well, we're a private company. We can do these kinds of things. They're getting too big for that. We got to look into taking it away from them. The people have to take this company and most of big tech away from them. They can't be trusted. A bunch of, can we trust Dorsey and Zuckerberg with this kind of power? I don't think we can. They're not good people. All right, there's another character. His name is Baker, Jim Baker. He's like this roving Democrat, sneaky operative who gets himself into the right place at the right time to protect Democrats and hurt Republicans. He was at the FBI right when he could have stopped all that Russia collusion stuff, but he kept it going. And he was working at Twitter as a, as, as a lawyer right when he could stop and did the Hunter Biden laptop story, it looks like. Take a look. Yuli, Mr. Baker, you said you didn't talk with the FBI that day. Did you talk to the FBI about the Hunter Biden laptop story prior to then or after that day? I, um, I'm trying to make sure I can answer this question consistent with the restrictions that I talked about in my opening. Simple statement. question. Did you yeah. talk to the FBI about the Hunter Biden story? I do. To the best of my recollection, I did not talk to the FBI about the Hunter Biden story uh, before that day. Did you talk to him after it? You said your, your, don't your, response is real, your response is real specific to the chairman. You said, I did not talk to the FBI about the Hunter Biden laptop story that day. I assume that day is October 14th. I want to know if you talked to him on the 13th or before or if you talked to him on the 15th and after. I don't recall speaking to the FBI sitting here today. I don't recall speaking to the FBI at all about the Hunter Biden matter. Well, then why did you, you answer it the way you did? I beg your pardon? Uh, I yield back to I like Jim Jordan there, his style. He knew. He knew he was being misled. The guy's deceitful. Baker, deceitful. That's what he does. That's what all these guys do. Sitting here today, that little caveat. <sighs> all right. Now, on the nightly news, you're not going to see a lot of what we just did. And this guy from the fake news actually, actually encapsulates why that is. They think we're crazy. <laughs> they really do. So they downplay it. They minimize it. They push it over here. Oh, it's the wackos who care about uh, that. But we, we, we'll, we'll keep everything on the up and up. Listen to how he puts it. This weaponization of government committee is diving into issues, though, that have not had the same cultural reach beyond kind of Fox News and the Republican right. Republicans are trying to push these issues into mainstream conversation, and it's become a bit of a topic among Democrats as to how do you counteract that and how seriously do you take it? Weaponization committee, the oversight committee. Yeah. How do you, you see? It's outside the mainstream. He's talking about how do we 
How do we push back? They're not embracing this. They're going to look the other way. They're going to create distractions. Don't be distracted. Focus on the truth. We'll be right back with a little bit more, actually a lot more on Joe Biden and that catastrophic interview today. Uh, looks to me like he just sold us out again. This was Biden, I think, at his best in terms of his a public performance. He was a little rowdy, mm-hmm. right? He was a little fun. He did his Bidening with the people that he was showing empathy toward, including Tyree Nichols' parents. His comfort in that room and the fact that he he's not out of that room because he loves that room yeah. so much and is, is the slowest exit of any president ever because <laughs> he loves being there. And that that grip that he had, that, that poise and control that he had in that moment uh, just changed what's going to happen this year. <laughs> All right, let's talk about what really happened last night. It was a weird, depressing, infuriating speech from Joe Biden. Uh, but some beautiful things happened. I'll get to them in a moment. By the way, this is just offensive to me. Watching him come in, center of attention. There he is, the president of the United States, a man of very low intelligence for that job, zero integrity, zero accomplishment, is the president of the United States. He does not deserve it. I don't believe I'm looking at someone, by the way, who got more votes than any American in history, more votes than Barack Obama. Uh, No, I don't even think he got more votes than Donald Trump, but I can't prove it. But that's my theory. Anyway, uh, there he was. Uh, And the speech. Well, it's a day ago almost, but I got to tell you the part I really loved. Now, he's around the media every day, actually, every day. The media, they lob a question or two at him, and um, he gets away with it. He just kind of, well, number one, they don't ask him anything tough. He's been lying his entire life, and they never ask him about it. He's been caught. They never ask him about his lies. Well, last night, the media doesn't do it, but our elected leaders did it. They called him out on the lies in real time. Instead of making the wealthy pay their fair share, some Republicans... Some Republicans want Medicare and Social Security to sunset. I'm not saying it's a majority. Let me give you, anybody who doubts it, contact my office. I'll give you a copy. I'll give you a copy of the proposal. How dare he? And wasn't that awesome? The pushback in real time. Media don't, they do. I loved it. And then he tried to whitewash his own failures at the border, which is creating a whole new wave of drug addiction in America. That's on him. And now he knows it. Fentanyl is killing more than 70,000 Americans a year. You got it. Actually, I'm not sure if he knows it. He, he smiled. He smiled at that moment. Oh, well. Uh, and then he did that stuff about, oh, MAGA and anybody who has a doubt about the election. Somehow we're responsible for Paul Pelosi getting hit in the head that night. Just a few months ago, an unhinged big lie assailed unleashed a political violence, the home of the then Speaker of the House of Representatives. Using the very same language, the insurrectionists, 
used as they stalked these halls and chanted on January 6th. Here tonight in this chamber is a man who bears the scars of that brutal attack, but is as tough and as strong and resilient as they get. My friend Paul Pelosi. Paul, stand up. The guy who hit Paul Pelosi used the very same language that they did on January 6th. What? English? You see what they're doing, right? I am very suspicious of everything right now, of everything. All right. Then there was the weirdo manner that Joe had, real quick. We used to be number one in the world in infrastructure. We've sunk to 13th in the world. The United States of America, 13th. 13th! <laughs> we didn't do anything. Uh, then there was this bizarre non sequitur. In the past two years, democracies have become stronger, not weaker. Autocracies have grown weaker, not stronger. Name me a world leader who changed places with Xi Jinping. Name me one. Name me one. I got one. Joe Biden. <laughs> I, think he, I think he likes that authoritarianism. He certainly is starting to talk like one, huh? All right, let's wrap this up. Uh, what else happened? Oh, there was this oddball joke. I think it's a joke. I don't know. Do you? Chief Justice, I may need a court order. She gets to go to the, the game tomorrow, uh, next week. I have to stay home. <laughs> Got to work something out here. And nobody knows. N nobody knows. Uh, oh, whenever he invokes God, by the way, I don't think he's thinking about God. Who talks about God like this? I stand here tonight, having served as long as about any one of you have ever served here. <laughs> but I've never been more optimistic about our future, about the future of America. We just to remember who we are. We're the United States of America, and there's nothing, nothing beyond our capacity if we do it together. God bless you all, and may God protect our truth. I'm barking it when it comes to that. It's so, it's just muscle memory. It's just words. It's sad. All right, we're finished with the speech. I want to see what Donald Trump said after it. I haven't actually seen the whole rebuttal. It got very little play on network television. That's unfair. Actually, almost no play. This is the one declared candidate for election in 2024. I think his voice is very important, don't you? Let's listen to what he had to say. Here's the real State of the Union. Over the past two years under Biden, millions and millions of illegal aliens from 160 different countries have stormed across our southern border. Drug cartels are now raking in billions of dollars from smuggling poison to kill our people and to kill our children. Savage killers, rapists, and violent criminals are being released from jail to continue their crime wave. And under Biden, the murder rate has reached the highest in the history of our country. Biden and the radical Democrats have wasted trillions of dollars and caused the worst inflation in half a century. Real wages are down 21 months in a row. Gas prices have soared and are now going up much higher than even before. And the typical American family is paying $2,200 in increased energy and food costs each year. Joe Biden's weaponized Justice Department, and I'm a victim of it, is persecuting his political opponents. His administration is waging war on free speech. 
They're trying to indoctrinate and mutilate our children. He's leading us to the brink of World War III. And on top of all of that, he's the most corrupt president in American history, and it's not even close. But the good news is we are going to reverse every single crisis, calamity, and disaster that Joe Biden has created. I am running for president to end the destruction of our country and to complete the unfinished business of making America great again. We will make our country better than ever before, and we will always put America first. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. President. <laughs> very, very strong. Polls show him beating Joe Biden. Oh, and crushing Ron DeSantis in a primary contest. Is he really going to run? Um, all right. But, oh, Sarah Sanders, the governor, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, the governor of Arkansas, newly elected. And uh, she gave the official Republican response. And this is a superstar. I'll be the first to admit President Biden and I don't have a lot in common. I'm for freedom. He's for government control. His administration has been completely hijacked by the radical left. The dividing line in America is no longer between right or left. The choice is between normal or crazy. Beyond our border from Afghanistan to Ukraine, from North Korea to Iran, President Biden's weakness puts our nation and the world at risk. Excellent, 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 Governor. All right. Now, there's one other moment from last night we need to talk about. It's not about Joe Biden. It's actually about Mitt Romney and a congressman named George Santos. You know about him and his troubles, right? So Mitt Romney comes in. There's George Santos. They exchange words. Apparently, Mitt Romney said some pretty nasty things, and George Santos said some nasty things back. Uh, Mitt Romney caught up with reporters. This is the first time they ever met, by the way, okay, at the beginning of the speech. Here's what Mitt had to say about what he said to uh, this young man. I don't know the exact words I said. He shouldn't have been there. He shouldn't be in the... In the it, look, he's a sick puppy. Uh, he, he shouldn't be, he shouldn't be there. I didn't expect that he'd be standing there trying to shake hands with every senator in the president of the United States. It's, uh, given, given the fact that he's under ethics investigation, he should be sitting in the back row and staying quiet. He says he, uh, you know, that he embellished his record. Look, embellishing is saying you got an A when you get an A minus. Lying is saying you, you graduated from a college you didn't even attend. And, and he shouldn't be in Congress. And uh, they're going to go through the process and hopefully get him out. And, uh, but he shouldn't be there. And, and uh, if he had any shame at all, he wouldn't be there. All right. Now, if he why, why wouldn't he speak with that kind of passion uh, about Joe Biden and all of his lies about his educational background? But here's my problem with him. Everybody's saying this about George uh, Santos, right? Everybody is saying it. And the guy's hounded everywhere he goes, everywhere he goes. What Mitt Romney did there was not new. It was not unique. It was not special. Can I see again when they're having that moment? I think that Mitt Romney could have said something like, young man, Maybe we should have a cup of coffee. I've seen you in the news a lot. I'd like to have a word with you. Let's talk. I might have some advice for you. Wouldn't that have been, uh, wouldn't that have been the right thing to do? Wouldn't somebody just give this guy a little bit of Christian love or just love, whatever you want to call it? Mitt Romney is, he professes to be a man of deep faith. He kept telling me that 
over and over again when he ran for president and wanted our votes. My values are as American as you'll find anywhere. Fundamentally, I believe in God. I believe in the Bible. I believe that Jesus Christ is my savior. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. How about showing it? All of us, all of us can do a lot more to show it. Don't you think? All right. I'll be right back. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. News breaks every minute, every day. You need the app, the Newsmax app. Find it free on your smartphone store. Then watch us anytime, anywhere. All I can say is, is that the fake news just, just doesn't, doesn't get, it. get it, do they? And the fake news, they really like this guy named Mark Pomerantz. Uh, he's a lawyer, a prosecutor who volunteered to go after Trump. And uh, tried his hardest, but his boss said, we don't have the evidence to go after Trump. He got mad, he got disgruntled, and he went out and wrote a, a book, which is possibly in violation of just about every uh, canon and ethical standard for a lawyer. We'll see about that. But right now, the fake news is swooning for this anti-Trump, I think, overly zealous, loose cannon. It is starting to feel like the full-on 4th of July in terms of the fireworks surrounding him. Because now Mr. Pomerantz is out as of midnight tonight with this new book. Pomerantz known as a heavy hitter. Mark Pomerantz, he was the former New York prosecutor investigating Donald Trump. Mark Pomerantz in this book makes an incredibly compelling case for charging former President Trump. It's not at all compelling. I'm going through it. I'll get this. It's bad. And he's bad, too. I'm sorry. If you take the exact same conduct... Uh, and make it not about Donald Trump and not about a former president of the United States. Would the case have been indicted? It would have been indicted in a flat second. There should have been a criminal prosecution. There needs to be a criminal prosecution. We had assembled a lot of proof of serious criminal conduct that Donald Trump perpetrated. He didn't, and none of his colleagues seem to agree with him. This book... It's very interesting. Sometimes people tell you who they are, right? And this guy does. A Trump hater. When I joined the investigation, he writes, I got countless emails and telephone calls from friends and colleagues urging me to go get him and wishing me luck. That doesn't sound like a neutral guy, does it, huh? All right. Now, how about this? Here he's, he says he's in this for the moral imperative. The press attention was an obstacle to getting things done as a prosecutor. He's talking about throughout his career. There are lawyers who crave it. 
That never appealed to me, and I shied away from publicity during my career. I had represented my share of high-profile clients, but I never understood the thrill of seeing or hearing my name in a story. Uh, I don't believe him. Here he is on MSNBC this week promoting this book. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's really a thrill to be here speaking. A thrill to be here speaking? He loves this stuff. He loves it. All right, we have a lot more on this guy, uh, but I'm not finished with the book, so we'll, that's to be continued tomorrow. When we come back, more on Joe Biden's devastatingly bad interview with PBS. Be right back. European American Armory Corp, or EAA Corp, is specialized in providing high-quality, innovative, and reasonably priced firearms to the U.S. since 1990. You can choose from a wide selection of unique and traditional pistols, whether you're looking for a concealed carry, revolver, shotgun, or competition pistol, EAA Corp has it. EAA's 1911 series comes in compact carry or full size in three popular calibers. If you're a first-time gun owner, EAA Corp's all-in-one 9mm MC9 striker fire pistols come fully equipped in a sleek, light, ergonomic package ideal for everyday carry. In addition, their lineup includes the MC312 series of 12-gauge shotguns for hunting, sporting, tactical, or personal defense that will exceed your expectations. There is a limited lifetime warranty on every series available today at EAA Corp. EAA Corp says get the quality firearm you've always wanted and save yourself a lot of hard-earned money. Visit EAACorp.com. That's EAACorp.com to learn more and order online or through your local dealer. Joe Biden had one disaster of an interview, in my opinion. Uh, He was... I don't know. Not good for America. No way. Seem to be giving up to China. Am I reading this wrong? Uh, I want to bring in some experts. We have Joe DeGeneva, former U.S. attorney for Washington, D.C., and Fred Flight, senior fellow at the America First Policy Institute. He also worked on the National Security Council under Donald Trump. Gentlemen, welcome. Uh, Fred, first to you, and uh, let's keep it brief because I want to play the soundbite for everybody. But first impressions on the China response. It was terrible. There was almost no reference to China at all. Biden just tried to say he was tough with China by blowing up their balloon. I might add there were no references at all to either North Korea or Iran, which we can talk about. He has no serious national security policy. We saw that last night. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Uh, Joe, stand by. It's uh, it's something to behold. Press play. Have relations now between the U.S. and China taken a big hit, frankly? No. How do you know? I know. I talked to him. You've talked to Xi Jinping? talked to Xi Jinping before, I, and our, our team talks to their people. During this and yeah, since? Yeah, after this. I haven't talked to him during this. Oh. But look, I mean, <laughs> the idea of shooting down a balloon that's gathering information over America um, and uh, is and that break that t- makes relations worse. Look, I made it real clear to Xi Jinping that uh, we're going to compete fully with China, but we're not going to look. We're not looking for conflict, and uh, and that's been the case so far. 
All right. Uh, Joe, give me your take on that, if you don't mind. Uh, my, uh, please. Uh, that is a disgrace for a president of the United States. I've never seen such incompetence, such babbling uh, on a matter of such moment, such importance, uh, a week of uh, spying by China. And now we find out that for years, the NORAD and other defense mechanisms have been missing Chinese balloons floating all over the perimeter and over the United mm -hmm. States. And this guy sits there as if nothing has occurred. He is a clear and present danger to the United States. You know, and he also, um, at the end there, uh, you know, we don't want any trouble. That's what you say when you're, Fred, that's what you say when you're on the defense. Hey, we're not looking for any trouble here, right? Mm -hmm. There's something very weak about that. Well, and he repeated the biggest problem with his China policy. He keeps calling China a competitor. China is an adversary. Japan and France and Canada, they're competitors in culture and in trade. But China is not playing by the rules. And we know by this massive intelligence operation, yeah. it's not a competitor. It wants to knock us off as the world's leading power. It's using every possible effort to do so. And Biden's weak response is just going to embolden China to engage in other efforts to do this. And to me, it suggests that he is compromised. Nobody who did yeah. not, if he did not have entanglements, I would hope that he wouldn't speak like that. Uh, and then the documents came up and uh, ooh, this guy, his, he's following the instructions of his lawyer. Take a look. You said just possessing classified documents is, you said, totally irresponsible. So what was totally irresponsible about the fact that you had some? What they've informed me not to speak to this issue to any way try to prejudice the investigation that's going on. All right. It's, Joe DeGeneva, it's all about the investigation. Doesn't want to disrupt it. What did you think of that answer? Well, I, I think what's, what's clear is that the president of the United States is in a political bind. So he's not talking because every time he opens his mouth about this, he puts his foot in it and deeps, it digs himself in deeper. Uh, it's pretty obvious that uh, the people around him were unaware of these documents until something occurred on no and that caused the search on November the 2nd of the Penn Biden Institute. And that is the key question which has not been answered. What was it that led them to go to the Penn Biden Institute? My opinion is that the guy who's doing this sloppy investigation in Delaware accidentally tripped over this information and notified the department and notified Hunter's lawyers and notified the president's lawyers. And then all of a sudden, all hell broke loose and they go to the Biden center. There's no reason you send lawyers to move boxes. Believe yeah. me. I have a lot of clients. I've never been asked to move boxes for a client. <laughs> you know, uh, your theory Not sounds- Not at my rates. Sorry? <laughs> Not at my rates. OK. Uh, he also did put his foot in his mouth later. He said, uh, look, these documents, are, they're, they're all, go all the way back to 1974. His lawyer already said they go back to the vice presidency in addition to his senatorial days. We have to leave it there. Fred Blights, Joe DeGeneva, thank you so much. To be continued, we'll be right back. So, uh... Did you see Jill Biden last night and the husband of Kamala Harris? So I'm a little bit conflicted here, but watch. Did you see that? Kiss on the lips and some hand holding going on there. 
Look, I'm not the only one who noticed. A lot of people did. And um, something going on here? I mean, I think it's a... I'd like to bring in our body language expert again. He's a great guy, and he misses nothing. Scott Rouse, body language expert, human behavior analyst. Thank you, Scott. Good to see you again. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you holding up? All right, terrific. Uh, number one, let's roll it and tell us what you see. All righty. There it is. <laughs> I mean, look, is that an innocent kiss, or is there something possibly going on? There's a lot going on there because right if you look right there, that's a, they're pushing in. You're seeing a push in from both sides. So this is intimate behavior that's happened before. They're used to doing this. She's not uncomfortable getting that close to him. She sticks her hand out first, and he pulls him her, her toward him, and they do that the kiss. Usually it's like a, a a cheek to cheek thing, or you'll kiss him on the cheek, something like that. But in this case, and, but I'm not saying they're having an affair or anything like that, but apparently they spend a lot of time together because that's very intimate behavior in, a, in such a public situation. Now, I noticed something, and uh, I think you're spot on, but he seemed a little bit um, embarrassed and nervous afterwards. And you can see it in his face. If he'll take it full, he feels like maybe she just went a little bit too far. Watch him. He's like, uh-oh, did that just happen? He's tense. He's tense. He's not happy. And uh, uh, am I, uh, what do you think of my, uh, my impression? I see, I, see, I see what you're saying, and that makes sense. But I think he's, he's more focused on what's happening in the whole scene at the same time. That's probably why he's, he's a I, nervous. No, he's been there for a few minutes. He's focusing on everybody just saw <laughs> this kiss that shouldn't have happened. I mean, look. I know this is kind of silly and there are more important things going on, but uh, gosh, the horrible things they said about Melania. Anyway, whatever. Um, bottom line is uh, what? And what do you make of Jill overall and, and, and how she, you know, a lot of folks think that she should have reined Joe in and talked him out of running for president in the first place. Yeah, I, I hear that a lot. <laughs> so it, it's... Uh, Apparently, when you get older, things change a little bit, and you're not quite as sharp as you used to be, and that's fine. And I think his his energy level. Let's talk about his energy level the way it is now, to the way it's been the, in the in the past few times we've taken a look at him, and it's way up. His energy level is way up right now. So I think for some reason things are changing a little bit, but on, at the same time, I agree. I I, I think maybe age comes into play here and we're seeing a little bit of uh, the slowdown and uh, of the mental uh, faculties and the physical uh, faculties are slowing down a little bit, which is normal for that age. Well, his uh, energy really crashed this morning. He was uh, not good today. And uh, I, I, I uh, all right. All right. Let's take one more look. And I think we have it in slow motion. And uh, let's see if we think that there's going to be some who knows here. All right. He puts his face way out there. Whoa. I think he's the one. He's the one initiating this. She's coming in. I, I don't think she planned on kissing him, but I think he's the one that she sticks her hand out first and starts to sh starts to shake it. And then he pulls her in and his chin goes out. So he's coming toward her for here. We're going I'm going to give you a kiss. And she doesn't have any problem with it. Not not a delay, not a little pushback, nothing. And Sir, fact, I actually see nothing. his head. I see his I know this is ridiculous, but I see his head tilt a little bit just before like he's looking for a, a kiss on the cheek. Yes, he sticks his head out. But he tilts it a little bit, and she goes right for those lips. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's why we. We're, that's why I would be under the impression this is this is not uncommon for them. 
an intimate behavior like this because he knows which side to, to tilt to, and she comes on in, and they both press. That's the part. Usually you just get a quick bump and, and push off, you know. But in this case, it's, it's, I think they, they do this. Maybe they do it when they all go out to eat or hang around or something. But it, it doesn't look like it should. That's why everyone feels so uncomfortable with it, I believe. All right. Well, let's hope that everybody's um, relationship is intact and everybody, you know, everything, everything works out. We don't want. But it is interesting. I'm sorry. It is. A lot of people were talking about it last night. Scott Rouse, uh, do me a favor. Check out uh, his website, courses.bodylanguagetactics.com. Courses.bodylanguagetactics.com. Thank you, sir. And we'll be right back. Hey, thanks for all your help in this uh, fight we got going with DirecTV, AT&T's DirecTV. They deplatformed us, and 13 million people who used to get Newsmax on their cable can't get us anymore. Uh, if you want to help us fight this thing, please call DirecTV. You got the number right there. You can call AT&T. You know, President Trump, uh, leading members of Congress, the U.S. Senate have weighed in on this. Nobody likes it. Well, nobody on our side, uh, the canceling of uh, somebody like us, the attempted canceling. We're not canceled, but they're trying to. Freedom of speech is worth fighting for. We thank you for your support. We could win this thing. Uh, that's all for tonight.